0: hello and welcome to life save her the podcast this is a podcast for all of my women men you can listen to but for all of my women to come get a weekly dose of some self-care some self-help and tips to live the life that you desire i'm your host Brittany a johnson i want to set this disclaimer While I am a licensed mental health counselor and I am going to be talking about mental health and life related topics, this is not a substitute for therapy. This is an addition, this is a bonus, this is that kind of added support so that you have what you need in and outside of sessions. If you need a therapist, I encourage you to reach out to different therapists in your area or you may also email me to get a list of therapists that I may recommend. Stay tuned for today's episode. Today's episode. So, today let's talk about disappointment and the trauma responses that uh, disappointment causes or is a result of, and just kind of, you know, things related. So, when we think about disappointment, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? I know for me, when I think about disappointment, there's various stages that immediately pop in my mind. The first stage that pops in my mind. Is seeing a child, a small child, you know, between you know primary years, right? So five to eight, five to ten, and they are expecting something, and then all of a sudden, you know, it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. So that's the first image I get of disappointment. It's just seeing a child's face that just, just looks completely heartbroken because something they're expecting doesn't, you know, didn't pan out. And if you've been watching kind of the recent news, so this is kind of a recent news situation. There's been this this talk about the Sesame Street parade where uh, one of the characters or now we've seen videos where multiple characters um, were ignoring young black children and, you know, blatantly kind of passing them over. And so that's a whole other topic that we'll get into in in regards to, you know, outright racism, the microaggressions associated. um, And then this larger talk about race, you know, and when children need to learn about race or when they do learn. That's a whole other topic that we'll do another episode on. But for now, I'm just, you know, thinking about even seeing those kids' faces in that video. Like, that's the first image that kind of comes to my mind when I think about disappointment. The next image is kind of an image of a teenager, right? So this teenager is, um, you know, with friends or thinks they're in a friend group. And then all of a sudden, they learn through some probably dramatic situation that they actually were not as close to these people as they thought. And if you think about any movie, any teen-related movie in the last 10-plus years, that's kind of a common theme in those movies, right? So that's probably where that image of disappointment comes from for me in that regard. The next images are, you know, adults and young adults. Um, and just looking at the, the disappointment of a young adult who's, you know, worked really hard, you know, let's say college student or, you know, trade school. You've worked really hard. You've studied, but you still quite don't make the grade you're expecting or something in that regards. So those are kind of the common images that come up for me when I think about what does disappointment look like? How does, how does it show up for people? But there's an area of disappointment or a category of disappointment that happens in adulthood that we don't talk about. And as I start digging and thinking about and looking at why is it that we don't talk about adult disappointment? What, what is it about disappointment that makes us as adults do everything in our power to avoid it? And so one of the things that immediately came to my mind was the fact that disappointment typically is coupled with embarrassment. So if you are embarrassed about something, you're probably not going to want to talk about it. And disappointment tends to come in there as well. But there's also this other category that I see a lot of, um, and women, this is kind of for us. Men, I know that this happens for men as well, but I'm going to kind of speak to the ladies for a little bit. So ladies you know we have this area of disappointment or the way to avoid disappointment so to speak is to be low maintenance right how many of us how many of how many people do you know you know pride themselves on being quote unquote low maintenance in an attempt to not be disappointed or an attempt to be to be more appealing to the opposite sex or appealing to a partner that they're looking that they're looking at or, or just appealing in general right so we have that type of disappointment as well. So when we look at that type of disappointment, it's important too to think about where does that come from? Where What are the things that drive us to want to be low maintenance, right? And, and that being a way that we kind of avoid disappointment. So this idea of low maintenance, um, in my opinion, has kind of come from, you know, society, come from popular, you know, popular societies come from, you know, music industry, um, TV and things like that, where you see you know, women constantly looking at interviews that men do or talking to, you know, the male figures in their lives and hearing them say that they want a woman that, you know, lets them do what they want, so to speak, doesn't nag them, doesn't ask a lot of questions, you know, doesn't necessarily need much or require much of them. And so in the last 10 plus years, there's been this increase of women really trying to live this low maintenance lifestyle you know, you'll see women that say things like, well, I don't get my nails done. I don't have to get my hair done because I don't, you know, I'm low maintenance. I don't need that. I don't want, I don't want a man having to do that for me. Or, um, I don't wear, you know, designer clothes because I don't, you know, I don't want to, to do that. Or that's not my cup of tea or what have you. Now there are people who just are in that category. Like me, for example, I used to love to get my nails done on a regular basis. Um, but you know, As my kids got older and life got busy, that was just one of the things that I was like, you know what? I really don't want to spend time doing that anymore. It didn't give me the joy that it used to. And so I stopped doing it. It wasn't because I couldn't afford it or it wasn't because I wanted my husband to think I was more appealing. It literally was a thing where I was, you know, digging into myself on what makes me feel good. And that was one that just, it just didn't do it. I know it does it for a lot of women. And that is, you know, that's what makes you feel good. That's your self-care. By all means, I encourage you to do it as often as you can and need to. But for me, it just wasn't like that wasn't what filled my tank. So, but anyway, on to another tangent, right? So circling back to you just kind of being the slow maintenance, um, we've seen women do that. And again, in an attempt to avoid the disappointment that would come if they were, if they did have an expectation or they did speak out loud about something that they were thinking about and their partners or their potential partners or people in their lives telling them, you know, that we're not doing that. And so, a way to avoid that disappointment, right, is to be low maintenance or an attempt to be low maintenance. But when you stay in this low maintenance lifestyle for the in the hopes that someone is going to treat you differently, or in the hopes that it's going to make you more appealing to a partner, what ends up happening is that you end up causing, you know, resentment within yourself. You end up causing an increase in anxiety and often depression because you have to suppress things that you really do like or things that you really do need in order to not be disappointed. So if you are in that category and and you're noticing that your attempts to be low maintenance are starting to cause you to have some stomach pains some chest pains, um, other signs of anxiety, right? Your palms are sweaty, your back is hurting. You're constantly having headaches. It might be time to sit down and evaluate, is it really worth it? And as a therapist, you know, my first go-to is more than likely not it's more than likely not worth your health your peace to appeal to another partner because if somebody is going to be your long-time partner the the way that that those relationships really work better is when both people are coming into it as as themselves and getting their needs met and meeting needs you know as themselves. selves you're not doing anything that you can't maintain and i have this conversation often with 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 people sometimes it's in sessions with couples but most of the time it's this kind of individuals of really looking at what are the things that you need to do for yourself right what are the things that make you feel good and if you are trying to be low maintenance just in this attempt to make this person appeal make you be more appealing then more than likely you are having to do things to suppress your own needs and the number one thing that we do as a people to suppress our needs is eat Right. Because if you don't want to be saying things out of your mouth, if you don't want to be if you don't want to speak your opinion, then you're going to have to do something to keep your mouth shut. And what better way to do that than food or drink. Right. So if you have noticed that you are doing what people like to call that emotional eating or that nervous eating or that stress eating, might be time to dig into what is that? Why am I doing that? What is what's going on in my life that is causing me to to do that or causing me to feel like I need to do that? And then take some inventory and decide what you want to do. Another thing that kind of happens outside of this low maintenance is that you have people who will settle to avoid disappointment. And so what I mean by settling to avoid disappointment is you're presented with several options and you might really want this top option, but you may, but you have this feeling that whether you mean, you know, that you're not good enough or you're not worthy or what have you. And so instead of reaching or going for that, that goal or going for that thing, You settle on something lower. You settle on what's offered to you, right? Have you ever heard people talk about, well, you know, I really wanted to go here today, but I'm going to settle for just doing this. Or if we're going to stick to the food topic for a second, right? Like I really wanted sushi today, but I can't go to, you know, a sushi restaurant for whatever reason. So I'm going to settle on getting this gas station sushi. Now I've never had gas station sushi, so I can't speak to whether it's good or not. I have never had it. But I have seen people talk about, you know, going and settling, so to speak, for that type of food because they can't get to where the one that they really want for whatever reason. But when you start digging in and even when I use the example of this food, when I'm talking to people and I'm asking, well, what made you decide to just go ahead and and settle there instead of going for what you want? Overwhelmingly, it boils down to the need to avoid disappointment. People are willing to settle for the bare minimum. In order to in order to avoid being disappointed, and if we're sticking to kind of if we're thinking about relationships, we've seen people do that—men and women, right? They settle for whatever it is that their partner's giving them because they know if they ask for more, their partner may not be able to do it, and the disappointment that can come from realizing that your partner cannot meet your needs the way you need and want them met is super disappointing. And so, because of that, you know you'll see people settling, and then again. When you are settling in those situations, overwhelmingly, you're having to eat more, drink more, or do other things to avoid feeling what you're actually feeling and to try to get rid of those feelings. And in some cases, people end up, you know, often end up using some type of substance in addition to alcohol or food um, to try to, you know, dismiss or downplay or get rid of what they're thinking and feeling. So there's something to keep in mind, too, of like people who settle on things instead of being disappointed. Recently, I was talking to someone who was, you know, in an attempt to buy a new product and they've been working really hard um, and, you know, mentally they know that they have the ability to do this certain thing. But when it came time to do it, they financially couldn't make it happen. So instead of just being able to acknowledge, even for that brief moment, that they financially were not in the space they wanted to be in. They just immediately started going to, you know what, I'm going to just go over and do this instead. So, you know, because I don't want to acknowledge or I don't want to feel the fact that I can't do what I really want to do. And so when I hear people say, I'm going to do this instead, my ears perk up because now I'm I'm inquisitive. Are you saying instead because you're trying to avoid disappointment or is it really just a situation where you just timing or what have you, you can't go do what you actually would desire to do? Right. So instead, you're going to choose this. And, and those types of settling is something totally different than settling to avoid disappointment. Right. So you want to be looking at those things as well. The other thing is that it oftentimes is a survival and or trauma response. So if you grew up and yes, I'm talking about childhood. And I know that we are we have made strides and people understanding that the things you experience in childhood do impact your adult life, good and bad. And so if you experienced things in childhood where you were often disappointed, right? So maybe, you know, you were expecting to come home to a nice hot meal, but for whatever, the finances were not there. So you had to settle on a cold sandwich or a cold bowl of cereal. Um, maybe, you know, you were in a situation where there were so many children in the house that there just wasn't enough time, space, energy, or money to get actual things that you wanted. So you learned to settle, you learn to, you know, do whatever you needed to, to avoid being disappointed. So you started doing things like that might even be where some people learn to be low maintenance, so to speak, right? So if I don't need as much, then I don't have to worry about being disappointed. I've also seen kids do this when they want something, but they know their parents can't afford it. They'll go ahead and settle themselves so that their parents don't have to be disappointed. And so you really just kind of want to look at like, is this a trauma response? Is this a survivor response? Am I doing this because I've experienced so many things in my life or maybe one big thing or two things or three things, but I've experienced something that has left a mark so deep that I want to avoid it at all costs. And oftentimes that's where that disappointment falls into, right? So as this as this trauma response, you will avoid anything possible so that you're not disappointed. Again, we see this show up when people talk about relationships, when they talk about career aspirations, When they talk about reaching goals, if you've been rocking with me for a while, then you know that I talk a lot about goals. I've been shifting away from it because you know growth happens, and I'm realizing and learning that you know there's other ways to achieve life, you know, life and do life. But you know that I, in the past, have been heavy on goals. Well, one of the things that I noticed in that process was the amount of people who would lower their goals or lower their expectation so that they're not disappointed. And it is sad to me, honestly, that we have been accustomed, customer, we have been trained or groomed or taught or raised to think that this is what we need to do. We need to avoid any type of disappointment at all costs. And again, I get it. Disappointment is uncomfortable. Being embarrassed is uncomfortable. Feeling shame is uncomfortable and no one wants to do it. But I do think that we could learn a lot, especially if us as adults, if we start learning how to manage disappointment. And there's multiple ways that people learn to manage it. And I'm not going to say that, you know, this way or that way is better. But there is something to be said with being able to know that just because something is disappointing right now doesn't mean it has to be a permanent disappointment. Doesn't mean it has to be a permanent thing that you can't do or you won't do or what have you. Right. Like if you think about, you know, again, wanting to I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story. I remember a couple of years ago when I was really heavy in working out and we were doing box jumps. And for whatever reason, I could not jump on like the 12 inch box jump on with both feet. I don't know, I for whatever reason, I could not do it. Like I would try and I would have to do one foot at a time or land on one foot it was it was odd and we would laugh in the gym you know together at me trying to do this thing we'd crack up laughing cuz it was funny but i do remember like the first time i couldn't do it i was so disappointed that i was like i'm not going to try this for a while but then i was like you know what no i'm going to give this another go i'm going to try this again and so i did and you know what i still didn't make it and so i was so disappointed that i literally wanted to walk out of the gym but what i remembered in that moment was This doesn't define me for the rest of my life. This doesn't define me for the rest of the day. This is just right now in this moment and it will pass. And it did. And a week later, I was finally able to do the box jump and jump and land on both feet at the same time. Now, I probably can't do that today because I have not been practicing or even been doing those type of movements. But anywho, that did happen. And so as we start to like kind of wrap up and start to end, I want you to think about if you are in any of these categories or if there's even other categories of ways that you settle or ways that you avoid disappointment, start really looking at, is this a permanent thing or is this a moment that will pass? And more than likely, you'll see that it's a moment that will pass and in the next few minutes or the next time you try, the next attempt, you will be able to do it. As well as when we think about disappointment and think about if it is a a category or a factor that we don't think we're good enough or worthy enough or not perfect, that that's something that you can work on. That is something that you can break down into smaller chunks and be able to get and do what you're trying to do. But just give it some thought and let me know. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey. As you all know, podcasts are rated by the number of subscribers and the ratings that they receive. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this at. And also leave a rating and a comment. I welcome all comments. Also, make sure you head over to the different social medias. Instagram at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC. Facebook at Brittany A. Johnson. And even on LinkedIn at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC. And follow so you can stay connected to what's going on. Talk to you soon.